You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As usual, before we get started on the Paracast, we have a conversation going. And since I've known our special guest, Alan Greenfield, for 3,000 years, we had to catch up. It's been 2,000 since we talked last. That was last year. And Alan's always a lot of fun to talk with because he is involved in so many pursuits. And just saying, what did you do this past week would take three shows. I take three shows this past week. It's, uh, this Hellier thing uh, apparently has caused me to become a somebody in my old age. So I'm no longer a sort of somebody. I'm a somebody. Isn't that wonderful? By my books. Some think I'm living here in poverty. Help me. Help me. Help me, people. Reminds me of the line in The Mask where Jim Carrey, as the mask is looking in the mirror and says, Somebody stop me. Somebody stop me. Well, that was certainly one of the most interesting self-promotions we've had on the show in a while. So, Well, all I can <laughs> say for that. is uh, buy my books and learn the truth about flying saucers. Not the Donald Pino truth or, you know, the uh, George Adamski truth, but the real truth. Oh, the real truth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, We got into that a bit on the last show. Actually, we had a pretty fun show, the last show. And this time, it sounds like you're coming through loud and clear. We don't have to worry about uh, you fixing the volume controls or anything else. And we got into talking about truth a bit. And I think you said something along the lines of, well, truth is subjective. And I was like, well, we should get back to that because I don't really think it is. I think truth should be something that is separate. That's why we have courts and judges. You know, everybody has opinions, but the truth is what we're there to find out. And that's separate from what everybody might think. How often do the courts get it right? Because if you have five witnesses, you will have five different perspectives. So it it suggests at least that reality is malleable or that we are malleable or some variation thereof. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I can't know, and uh, pretty much physicists have decided there are limits to what we can actually know about the, the ultimate nature of reality. But by definition, that means we don't know. Maybe there's an objective reality out there, but we're not seeing it directly. I mean, that's just not the case. We have a, a set of senses, I believe I said this the last time I was, was on your program, that are designed uh, in terms of biological time. We dropped out of the trees uh, about a half an hour ago, looked around and decided to mate and run away from the, uh, the creatures that would eat us and eat the creatures that we could eat. And that's what the five senses that we have are for. They're not for anything more sophisticated than that. And we're now dealing with uh, the Big Bang and quantum mechanics and uh, on a more, you know, paracast type level, cryptids walking in and out of reality and UFOs coming and going and fairy lore and all kinds of things that I... Uh, cover in my work. And uh, I think that it, it, it really raises questions of what is reality? I don't know. I think it's it's subjective in the sense that the evaluation of it 
is a subjective thing. I mean, courts will tell you that there's a different standard in science than there is in court. And a lot of people get convicted of crimes that, uh, that they didn't commit. And a lot of people uh, walk that just had good lawyers. I don't wish to mention the initials OJ because that's controversial. So I, I will not do that. I will not do that. I want to get back into our corner of the world here. And I don't know if you've been following this. We'll talk about that show later. OJ was uh, taking a shower at the time. Alan, I know you have a lot to tell us, but I wonder if you've been following this scuttlebutt in the last few years about the Pentagon UFO study because of the efforts of former Senator Harry Reid and the To the Stars Academy and Tom DeLonge. Have you been keeping tabs of that? Of course. And uh, I find that uh, very interesting. However, I do consider all reference to governmental programs, except maybe interference in the early 1950s. And this is based on my uh, conversation with Dewey Fournay, who would uh, have known, and a few other people that were connected to the uh, to Project Blue Book back in the day, and and connected to uh, the uh, the Robertson panel from the CIA, uh, that the government knows less than you or I do about UFOs. So um, Harry Reid is. Uh, it's interesting that he has uh, an interest in this, but that was true of Gerald Ford too. Before he became president, you know, he he convened a panel in the uh, in the House of Representatives, the only elective office he ever held, and uh, was uh, well liked by ufologists, if you recall, in the uh, late '60s, early '70s, because of that. But that's uh, that's Jean Duplantier's long walk down an endless tube. The government doesn't know anything about what's going on. If I'm at all right, uh, um, it's interesting. It, it's validating in a certain sense if you're looking for nuts and bolts. If you're not looking for nuts and bolts, which I'm not particularly after many years of searching, the, uh, what, they, what they do or find at the governmental level is totally irrelevant. It's like if the government decided to chase ghosts, uh, what would they do? Any different from what uh, the plumbers on whatever that show is on uh, on the History Channel, uh, chasing ghosts with little meters and and cameras set on uh, uh, night vision and stuff. They 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 have gosh wow moments. But in terms of deciding anything of a fundamental nature, ain't going to happen that way. Wrong tools. Okay, that goes back to the whole thing here. The question should be, what is it, not what is it in terms of what we expect it to be? Exactly. Um, I think that what we need to do, because there has been so much... Uh, misinformation due to uh, misidentification of what we're looking for, which is kind of the wrong thing to do. It's prejudging. Is go back to what isn't it. Um, like one of the things that fascinates me is how little 
sociologists have taken an interest in the entire range of uh, uh, cryptozoology and ufology and paranormal research uh, of the informal kind as opposed to the kind that they do at the University of Virginia, which is formal and academic and good and uh, very interesting. Um, there is a likelihood that there is something fundamental to be zeroed in on from a sociological point of view that will be revealing about the actual nature of what's going on. Um, I only know of one sociology study, and that was the in the 1950s, the When Prophecy Fails, Festinger study, and that was a study in a UFO contact cult of uh, of the failure of the cult to materialize, and they compared it to the um, uh, the great disappointment of uh, of fundamentalist religion in the 19th century. I thought that was extraordinary work. But nothing since then. Uh, I often ask the question, why is it that in the late 1940s, just immediately post-war, when I was barely an egg, and you were barely an egg. We'll talk about eggs, ladies and gentlemen, in our next segment with Gene Allen and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing, space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. previous segment, Alan was talking about eggs. No, he's not the egg man, nor is he the walrus. Alan, please continue. And I noticed that, I mean, this is retroactively when, when we were both in the teen ufology movement, that the first, very first thing that people turned to when UFOs were being seen, uh, always in the on Earth or in the close vicinity of Earth, the first thing they turned to is either false dichotomy, by the way, either these are misidentified natural phenomena or they are visitors from another planet. Usually in those days it was Mars and it's pushed out you know, further into the universe so that they're uh, not only interstellar, but they are extra galactic as if people don't have any understanding of the uh, implication of the notion of intergalactic. You know, that's just mind-boggling to anyone who has a vague idea of what that's like, and I suspect we're only capable of a vague idea. Anyway, why immediately would that be the inference? Because they're not seen, you know, coming in like Oumuamua from, you know, interstellar space. They're seen on or near the Earth. So 
what is it about people that brought about, first of all, a belief in extraterrestrials as an explanation for UFOs? And besides that, uh, that any other theory was simply not propounded at that time. In fact, all through the 1950s and early 1960s, I don't know of anyone other than BSRA that contemplated any other theory. So why is that the case? That's a sociology question, not a question of the reality or non-reality of UFOs. And then another term entered the field, and it's still there. I don't use it, but others do. Belief. Do you believe in flying saucers? Do you believe in UFOs? That's a term, religious faith. Belief is a term of fidelity to a notion and reverence for it. And that's a very, very strange thing from a sociological standpoint. It's a really, really strange thing. And yet, those go back to the 1940s. Uh, I have newspaper clippings going back to, well, to the uh, alleged uh, crash at Roswell. It, the terms were in use right away. Extraterrestrial and belief in extraterrestrials. Well, I, you know, I, I think that it's fairly likely, not as likely as I once thought it was, that we are not the only biological life forms in the universe, but there's nothing to link UFOs to it other than the stories that have been spun out of the mythos that we're being visited by extraterrestrials. So why is that the first idea? Why not something entirely different from that? That's an interesting question. Uh, and usually we start off our shows talking about our previous guest. And this brings up the whole conversation we had with Red Pill Junkie, who was on our show last week. And we got into the whole idea that what we're dealing with is perhaps not a material phenomena. And I, I say that as opposed to physical phenomena, because if we can sense it in any sense of the any sense at all it's got to be something that is physical in the sense that it's part of our universe that we can detect but it's not something that's material as in you know your typical solid objects or some sort of perceptual thing that's involved with consciousness and that people may be perceiving these things in a way that doesn't actually correspond to our typical sensory stimulus response we just assume that's what's going on so we got into talking about we even got into talking about the idea of people using ethenogens to explore this in altered states of consciousness. What do you think about all that? Uh, I think that's closer to the money than much of what I've heard, but that's just happening like in the last few years, uh, other than me and five other people, you know, Valet and a few others that have going back to a little newsletter that I did as early as the late 1960s called, I think it was called Alternate Horizons Newsletter. I was contemplating uh, uh, alternatives to the ye olde ETH, as I, as I called it. And consciousness has a great deal to do with it. That doesn't mean something external isn't happening. It does mean we're processing it in a certain way and with certain preconceptions that are that are there. 
so that sounds, uh, I don't know the gentleman, uh, gentleman that uh, you uh, had on, on your previous show, but that's, uh, it's become a little bit more uh, uh, within the tightest circles within ufology. It's become a little bit more of an acceptable notion to refer to ultra-terrestrial sources rather than extraterrestrial sources, although I, I do see people using those terms interchangeably, and they're not necessarily interchangeable at all. Um, my own view is that the most likely thing that we can say that, that makes any sense at all is that we are processing something that we're incapable within our level of, of mental development, that we're incapable of fully resolving in a way that, that is the actuality behind the phenomena. So we resolve it as best we can. I mean, there are a lot of well-known uh, uh, circumstances where we barely see something on the horizon and uh, our brains seem to uh, resolve it uh, in something that we can identify. We get closer, it's something entirely different. But that, that is our effort to make coherent sense out of something that we don't yet have enough coherent data to resolve. What if in, in this case, the case of cryptids and uh, goblins, and, you know, whatever you, you want, UFOs, uh, uh, landed UFOs, contact experiences, that it is literally ineffable, that it's something that we can't say and perhaps something that we can't even think. So we resolve it as best we can. Uh, E.T., little green men, little robots, uh, you know, the whole range of things that are just generally heard including the really ridiculous stuff like the Simonton case and, and others that uh, are basically an effort by people to describe ineffable experiences. Jung dealt with this in Una Myth Modern to some extent, but I think that doesn't give the, give the whole story at all. We're going to continue, and I want to ask him about the Simonton case because that one there everybody laughed at. But it wasn't so simple. I don't think Alan Greenfield, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Officials that are investigating a shooting by a Saudi national at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida, are trying to find out what sparked it. He killed three people and wounded eight others. The gunman, Mohammed Saeed Al-Shamrani, was an aviation student from Saudi Arabia. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says it's too early to call this a terrorist attack. First of all, it's a very tragic incident. Uh, three lives lost, eight injured. And, of course, we extend our condolences to all the families affected by it uh, and touched by it and our military community down there. But, no, I I can't say it's terrorism at this time. I think we need to let the uh, investigators, the FBI, do its work and tell us, get us the facts, and we'll move out from there. The assault ended when the deputies killed the attacker. President Trump says Saudi Arabia's King Salman called him to express his outrage. This is USA Radio News. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. (laughs) Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I got to tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have like cold toes in the winter time and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. When Alan Greenfield is on, you can just sit back and listen. He's really great. Alan, you mentioned Simington before. 
We're talking about that Eagle River, Wisconsin case, right? Yep. You know what? Tell our listeners, because many of them haven't heard about this. We did talk about it early in the days of the Paracast, but I'd like you to mention it again. It is something you'd laugh about, but it's stranger than that. Alan? You know, I don't remember the details, but the thing that sticks out, and I think it's the thing that should stick out, is this guy, Joe Simonton, I don't know, you know, whether he's still around or not, unlikely, but, you know, may he live long and prosper. He sees a UFO land and beings get out who resemble human beings very closely, and he makes them buckwheat pancakes, which they eat with relish and take with them in a take-home bag. Well, I've added the take-home bag, but, you know. And of course, when people hear that, the, the, the ludicrous notion involved is that they wanted pancakes and he made them pancakes. People take that and dismiss the entire case. And one theory, this sort of John Keel paranoia theory is, well, these things are designed to throw people off because the euphonauts are masters of deception. Deception, deception, deception. But there may be a more complex explanation. It may be that people remember these things in terms that make sense to them, even though the actual experience is real, but beyond the comprehension of the Joe Simontons of the world, or for that matter, the Albert Einsteins of the world. I mean, uh, advanced physicists, physicists will tell you that uh, some of the things that they can mathematically work out are impossible to uh, resolve mentally. You simply have to turn it into code in order to be able to understand it even in a, in a second or third hand way. I compare abduction experiences, for example, and I don't believe I'm the first to do this, to near-death experiences, which have, I must say, been better researched by uh, more competent people than, than most ufologists. It seems like it's the same experience. The touching of the ineffable. If we had more information on uh, religious experiences, the people that uh, did the uh, Hellier documentary used the so-called God helmet, uh, the Persinger helmet, as a tool for understanding uh, these phenomena. I think that's a very valid approach, but not something that anybody else has used for that. The God helmet wasn't invented. God helmet is in quotes. Uh, wasn't invented to look into UFOs. It was invented to, at an academic level, look into religious experience by inducing it or uh, allegedly inducing it. I mean, whether it's the same thing or something that simulates it, I don't know. I've used a brainwave synchronizer and it certainly simulates that, but uh, I wouldn't call it uh, the real deal, so to speak. Hang on a sec there, Alan. Okay, so most of us are familiar with the work of Michael Persinger and his work with electromagnetic fields influencing the brain and the resulting perceptions that people experience because of that. Now, you just said that you were using something called a brain wave synchronizer. Can you explain what that is and what it does? It's a system, usually it involves a set of headphones, not any different from the ones that I'm wearing right now. 
and a set of, I don't know what you would call them, glasses or anyway, they, they, they're black on the outside and they have a series of colored lights on the inside. Well, some of them just have white light and they synchronize with sounds and colors at the same time with your eyes closed. And what happens is at different frequencies, because there's a little device that that generates whatever frequency it's on, you're it entrains with uh, brain waves, and at certain levels it produces various effects, ranging from sexual effects to uh, religious type experiences. So, so this works differently than than the than the God helmet in that it's using sensory input information as opposed to electromagnetic waves. Well, I'm you know I'm not sure that ultimately there's that much of a difference, but yeah, it works differently. Of course. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. There's a huge difference, but but maybe what's happening is it's still stimulating the same brain centers to do similar types of things. That's really interesting. And so I'm imagining that this is some sort of a commercially available product as opposed to the god helmet which is a very specialized piece of equipment at a university then that i'm not even sure now that we've lost persinger unfortunately that anyone has even picked up on his work yes um actually um that's why i was trying to get you to watch that uh series because apparently there is a commercially available form of the quote god helmet unquote um it's expensive. It's a lot more expensive than brainwave synchronizers, but uh, I'd like to get a hold of one and see what happens. That one, before we go on, let me ask you. People don't know what we're talking about with this TV show. And I would have liked to have seen it, but the time got away from me and it's there on the list. Explain it to everybody. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot and, in fact, participated in a lot of programs many of them on the History Channel, uh, not recently since I wrote a very critical article about them, um, and that are sort of reality television, I think that was the term you used, um, just like the girls of South Jersey or, you know, whatever, or the, the Osbournes or whatever. And these shows, in my experience, are all stage to one extent or another. I don't mean that, that, that the phenomena that are observed in them are fake, but they use uh, what, what I, uh, let, me, let me put it another way. One program that I did, and I'm not gonna mention which program, uh, took place on Liberty Island at the Statue of Liberty. Well, at that time, my, uh, my eldest son and his wife were living in New York, and they flew me to New York and put me up in a relatively decent hotel and uh, paid my cab fare down to the to the ferry and took me out to Liberty Island. So I, I did the show, but I when I left, I felt like I really need to look into joining the union, SAG-AFTRA, because what I am in this and what the three people that they hired to be the experts that do the show are acting. I mean, I actually, there's a scene in that particular episode where you'll see me dressed in the 
kind of man in black regalia, and that was my idea that uh, that I had, complete with shades and stuff, walking off the ferry and coming to meet them. There was actually a mark on the ground, just like in television, the commercial programs, just like on the Tonight Show or the Late Show or the Late, 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 Late Show. Um, stop at the mark and pretend to see these people who I'm supposed to meet. That was after we've already had done the interview. And then during the interview, they, um, of course, they cut a lot. And I expect that. I mean, that's, that's. Their well, we know a lot of that stuff is staged. I mean, you know, that's no, why. No, all of it is staged. You know. In my opinion. But <clears throat> Hellier is a group of people who are um, comparatively young. I would say they're in their 30s, early 30s, maybe. But I, you know, never asked. It's a little bit impolite. But they are enthusiasts. The thing is, they're also really, really good at what they do. We're very and, good at what we do, too. But we have to break sometimes. That was a bad segue. Gene, Alan Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're talking about Hellier, the reality show or... More of a reality show, Alan? Yeah, not to be confused with Paul Hellyer, the former defense minister up here that uh, was involved in the whole uh, citizens' disclosure movement. Completely different Hellyer, right? The town Hellyer, uh, uh, Kentucky, which is above the, uh, the complex cave system that runs all the way from eastern Kentucky all the way into West Virginia, uh, which is, you know, a uh, UFO cryptid, et cetera, hot zone and always has been, as far as I can tell, is named after a person in the uh, late 18th or early 19th century. So they may be related. I mean, it is an unusual name. And uh, no, they're spelled differently, too. I'm pretty sure what we're we've got the Hellier, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. And then we have the uh, the other Hellier from Canada that is, I'm pretty sure, H-E-L-L-Y-E-R. That's a common change, though, from European. Uh, my father took the name Greenfield. I guess when he took south, came south, it was Greenfeld. And some of my uh, uncles and their descendants were Greenfelds, not Greenfields. And in Europe, it was Gruenfeld. I mean, that, that's just very common to do some alterations, particularly with I's and Y's and that sort of thing. So they could be related or not. It doesn't really, you know, it isn't really germane to this. Suffice to say about the people that 
did the Hellier season one and season two, which is currently running on uh, Amazon Prime, but will be available for free for nothing if you have internet access on YouTube in a couple of weeks. Actually, season one is available on YouTube now, and I don't recommend seeing season two without seeing season one. They're the real deal. In other words, I know these people, and they're enthusiasts, but they're also competent. They also don't have any uh, deep-seated belief system involved. They're explorers, and they show it warts and all, by which I mean, if you've ever done field research, which I have a lot, a lot of the stuff you do is blind alleys. And of course, in a reality television, that would be edited out. But it isn't edited out. And yet it's not at all boring because there's a certain numinosity that settles over the entire process. And initially, they're simply investigating uh, a message that they got from, I believe, a pseudonymous person named David something. I'm not going to spoil the show, but I'm just going to say that a show is probably the wrong term genuine documentary of their research process beginning in Hellyer, Kentucky, that led them further and further away from standard uh, notions. They were originally ghost uh, investigators into that kind of uh, uh, universal phenomena plural that I think are one phenomenon, and they seem to be headed in that same direction. I mean, I'm not, you know, pushing them to, but it's based on their trial and error findings in these really spooky places. I find it very interesting. It also should encourage other people to do field research and document it in the way they did. Also, I do have a son who is a, a screenwriter. Um, you know, I. Uh, Screen Writers Guild, genuine with credential screenwriter um, son. So I'm aware of the uh, what's professional and what isn't. And their stuff is ready for prime time. In my opinion, Showtime or HBO or whatever should pick it up because they are they're terrific. Okay, well that's all fine. It's it's good to have half decent documentaries and people who are out doing. Uh, work in the field, but then again, there's a lot of history in ufology that goes back to official, pretty objective investigation by people like the Air Force, and of course, we go all the way back to Blue Book and so on. And this brings us back to the beginning of the show. Well, you know, why did people assume that maybe these were some sort of off-worldly craft? And that's because the people that were doing the estimate of the situation back in Project Sign were engineers. They were scientists. They were tasked with trying to come up with a rational explanation for what was going on. And those people determined that the most likely explanation was some sort of off-world craft. They thought interplanetary in those days because they didn't know as much about our solar system or the universe. Nowadays, we know a lot more. We know that virtually every star out there has got a planetary system around it. The interplanetary hypothesis, not so much in terms of our own solar system. Interstellar, 
it just makes sense because we know that there are other planets around other stars. We don't know that there's another universe out there yet. That's just something that we get into with people believing in certain things that might be possible, but we don't know that that's the case. Well, it's actually fairly advanced scientific uh, thinking in, uh, in uh, theoretical physics that the math works and the notion that you just said in passing that uh, Air Force researchers, <laughs> United States Air Force researchers are objective and that engineers are looking for objective solutions. Of course they are, but they're looking within their own belief system because you can't help but look within your own belief system. If you send engineers into the field, it's much more likely that uh, they're going to find engineering type solutions. And the notion that the Air Force, United States Air Force is uh, an objective entity and that it's uh, two-bit program, which it always was, I mean, three guys and a secretary, uh, was in fact a, an extensive examination of the facts and not a debunking project, as has been alleged by many. And I think uh, uh, reading this, the 1953 CIA panel conclusions uh, and getting yourself into the American headset of 1953 that the commies were behind everything, Debunking seems to have been the goal of the project. So they didn't conclude that they were extraterrestrial. If you, anybody who tells you that Project Blue Book concluded that they were extraterrestrial. No, we were talking about, sorry about that. Uh, I said Project Sign. Everybody knows about the estimate of the situation in ufology as a part of history. Ruppelt, who actually ran Blue Book, had it, held it in his own hands, saw it. And we're not talking about just... So have I, by the way. You know. Oh, you've, you've actually held a copy of the estimate of the situation? Absolutely. From Project Sign? Absolutely. And because... <laughs> okay. Dewey Fournay. So I, I know exactly what it said. I mean... Well, we got to get into that because that, according to every other source that I've ever run across, was actually incinerated. It was ordered destroyed. Ruppelt never had a copy. Nobody has a copy. And it's almost thought of as like the holy grail of ufology, if you can find it. So where did you encounter this copy? It's so long ago. It was in the late 60s. I'm pretty sure that Gene probably saw a copy. Um, I believe I encountered it when I visited the... Uh, I know I know when it was. I can't you can look up the date because when Project Blue Book was closed down and the Condon report had been issued, there was a rumor that all the files of Project Blue Book, which included sign and grudge, by the way, I mean it, it, it one folded into the next one, next one. And uh, uh, peripheral things like the CIA study, uh, were germane to that back in the day. Um, we'll get to. Well, I mean, we're talking about when we go back to Project Sign. We're not talking about just a couple of people and a secretary. We are talking about um, it, the Air Force Direct Directorate of Special Intelligence at Air Material Command. And we had Special Agent Reynolds there. We had also, uh, I believe, it's a Colonel who was there, uh, Colonel Garrett. Okay, was his name, and 
then they had D- uh Armand is another guy. I'm just trying to remember this stuff, but uh, if you if you look at it, the people that they had were in Wright Patterson, and that's where they were doing the reverse engineering of any of the aircraft that they would that were downed or enemy. They actually tried to figure this out with real engineers. They had a whole team. You know right? what, like, folks? We're going to break now because we're in the middle of a real interesting discussion. We have Alan Greenfield. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Jay Randall Murphy. And a little bit later, we're going to tell you about some things that are with regard to what's happening with the Paracast store. We'll explain it later. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. Exclusions apply. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text DO11 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text DO11 to 350 350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's D O 11 to 350350. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, let me just get through this right now. If you have tried to go to the paracast.store and you see that the sales site is no longer there, we are undergoing another transition and there will be a new site. Eventually you'll see the items on it called the paracast.shop. Right. I'm really looking forward to that. We got talking with today about that with uh, one of the people from the nimble platform and uh, that that went really well so 
I'm looking forward to setting that up. That looks like it should be something that we can handle ourselves and maintain pretty easily. Anyway, we'll tell you more about it when we get closer to the launch. Let's continue with this show. Right. So we were just talking before the break. I think maybe there was a mix up in terms of sort of what projects we were talking about and who was doing what. I back when mixed, mixed up. I simply have a different understanding of the history of this based on conversations with the actual people who were involved in it than you do. You think that Project Sign was this frantic effort in beginning in 1947, which, by the way, is the year the United States Air Force came into existence out of, out of the Army. I think it was an effort to reassure the public that uh, something untoward because of the war nerves that they were perceiving was happening. I don't believe, I don't know how anyone who knows anything about U.S. military history after the um, farce in Iraq can believe government statements about more or less anything, but especially about something that is a sensitive issue, particularly in light of the fact that almost everything from around 1948 on uh, until the end of the Cold War, or the end of the first Cold War anyway, uh, in uh, roughly 1990-91, was seen in terms of the holy crusade against communism, in specifically Soviet communism. And the UFO phenomenon was of interest to the military and to the CIA, also formed at that same time, headed by uh, eventually the head of the board of the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. You remember them, Gene, those guys? There is technically still a NICAP out there having very, very, very little resemblance to the original. I'm aware of that, but I don't, that, as you say, it has very little resemblance to the original and is a marginalized group. I mean, MUFON is the dominant mainstream UFO group at this point. The, the original groups, uh, APRO and NICAP, the people that headed them are long dead. And uh, with them, the organizations gradually vanished. Um, MUFON has managed somehow to generate a second and maybe even a third generation of leadership and thus has survived as the preeminent mainstream nuts and bolts UFO group. That isn't what the point that I was trying to make is that this is should not come as a revelation. The military lies about things that it perceives to be in the interest of the United States. And during the Cold War, almost anything that you would hear or was written down or discussed was in terms of how does it advance the war against communism? Or did the communists generate this? I had an extensive conversation with Dewey Fournay, who was the uh, Pentagon monitor for the uh, UFO project in July 1952 and thereafter. And he told, uh, told me a good deal about the, uh, before I had seen it, the, uh, in fact, uh, that was at a convention that you were president at, Gene, um, 
so you may have seen Fournay as well, but uh, this was a convention put on by uh, APRO, NICAP, and uh, MUFON. And we went there concerned that they were going to create a monopoly uh, uh, in the UFO field. Uh, do you recall this? Uh, Mid-70s, maybe? I recall going to one or two of these things. Where was this held? Some little town in Podunk. I don't remember. That's maybe he says something about it. it I remember not- a convention in Fort Smith, Arkansas. That was it. I was there, but I saw you there, but I do not remember seeing him. Uh, you and I actually did an interview with a reporter from one of the scandal sheets, the National something or other. And uh, I remember the, the light coming into the eyes of the reporter about four-fifths of the way through the interview where he looks at us and said, you guys are not believers, are you? And we laughed and said, no, we're explorers, which did not get quoted in the national whatever it was. By the way, I did an interview with Major Kehoe, who was there, for another national whatever it was, but that national whatever it was went out of business before they could cut my check. (laughs) Yeah, well... Um, you don't remember this interview? It was in a hotel room, uh, maybe your room. Um, anyway, that doesn't particularly matter. I did extensive interviewing there with people that I didn't ordinarily see. Dr. Heineck, the Lorenzens, who you know, I barely was on speaking terms with, and with Fournay, who I did not expect to get the kind of information that I did. But he basically said that the, that the intention of the Air Force, United States Air Force attitude towards UFOs was at least from 1952 on, and I think that was, was it already Blue Book or was it still Project Grudge at that point? Um, There is no discontinuity, and I will take exception to that vigorously between sign, grudge, and Blue Book. And, and per, uh, perhaps this latter-day thing that, uh, that uh, the Navy is undertaking. I don't know. I have more faith in the Navy. I have a son who's a Navy vet than, than I do in, in the Air Force or Army or anybody that was engaged in heavy, heavy, heavy Cold War stuff. Um, be that as it may, um, Fournay told me that As of July 1952, there was a genuine fear, I think perhaps legitimate, that because, and keep in mind that technology was nothing like it, it became later in the Cold War, because the technology that would detect a uh, Soviet first strike which would have been not a missile attack, but uh, bombers, um, would not have been seen when the UFOs showed up over the Pentagon and I believe the White House over restricted airspace and were seen both on radar and uh, by pilots who were scrambled to intercept whatever it was. And it jammed all of the communication channels that they had. In those days, there was a thing called the Ground Observer Corps. 
that literally were volunteer civilians who went out and scanned the sky. They, they got a little, you know, education on what Soviet bombers look like and what other bombers look like. And they would scan the skies looking for the invasion to come, which never came and was never really contemplated, actually. You know, I'm scanning the skies now for some announcements. And one we'll give you is that we want to offer you in the sixth year now the Paracast Plus. Check out plus.theparacast.com or theparacast.plus. To learn more, you get the After the Paracast podcast, a version of this show free of the network ads. Check out theparacast.plus for more information. Prices start at just a buck fifty. Gene Allen Randall, you're in the Paracast. Paracast, Paracast, Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, hey, we kind of went wandering, wandering kind of away from where I was trying to get with the point I was making, though, you guys, is that when we were asking the question is of how did we get to, to the assumption that UFOs are some sort of alien craft, there, there was that aspect of it back in those days. And then that was combined with the contactees who were saying, well, they're Venusians, they're coming from someplace else. So be, between the cultural, pop cultural contactee movement and the actual investigations that were going on at the time, that became the, the default paradigm so to speak so that's that all i was wanting to get is that's where it came from that's an inadequate explanation i don't think the air force um indulged very briefly that notion after the quote roswell incident which i think is ridiculously exaggerated uh not to speak ill of the dead but stan friedman made a career out of roswell and i personally think it was an unimportant case It was a skyhook balloon that landed somewhere other than where they anticipated, caused a lot of local ruckus, and some local officer said flying saucers from other planets. But that had already been planted uh, earlier than that, and uh, uh, not by the government. The government was reacting to it, and then a little later dismissed it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the the film of uh, General whatever his name was reassuring the public that there was no evidence that uh, that these were interplanetary craft. What he was really saying is there's no evidence of a Soviet invasion, which really, you know, I mean, that was in Stalin's day and that was in Joe McCarthy's day. So not an impossibility. After the, what I wanted to get in was after the 1952 summer 
flap. The CIA decided that it was dangerous to American security for there to be private UFO organizations because, and this is the mentality of the time, it's not a view that I share at all, they could be infiltrated by the Communist Party USA, the seven little old ladies that lived in New York and got out the Daily Worker when it was still daily. Um, and. Uh, and decided that UFO organizations were therefore not necessarily people that were unpatriotic, but it was uh, ipso facto a threat to national security. Right. right. You're talking. You're talking about the Robertson panel. Probably. Yeah, but the Robertson panel was an outcome. Okay, the Robertson panel didn't initiate stuff. It reviewed the evidence to date from 1947 to 1950, well, they convened in 1953, so we'll say till 1953, and concluded this is a threat to national security. Look what happened in D.C. That's not a quote, but that's that's what they said. And, um, and this was confirmed by Fournay, and I also got a, I don't have a copy, but I got a look at it because it was at that time not destroyed. And I believe the destroyed thing is a disinformation thing. It was in the files of Project Blue Book. What happened uh, is that I started to say earlier was that Blue Book closed and there was a rumor from where I don't know that the files were going to be destroyed. So at that time, a very powerful senator, uh, Senator Russell, a staunch segregationist, but also a much respected senator from that period of time from Georgia, uh, was the head of the armed services, the Senate Armed Services Committee. And I thought, well, he only lives right up the road here, and Congress is not in session. I'll write him at home, because he lived in Winder, Georgia, which is just up the road from here. And I wrote him, and I said, basically, just the conservative message that you give, which is... I think that these files should be preserved because they may be of scientific value at a later time. And he wrote me back very promptly from Winder, if I remember correctly, and said, uh, I think that there's merit in what you're saying. And if you, uh, the files are now at uh, Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, and uh, if you can... Uh, apply for a security clearance on, you know, he offered to be helpful there. Um, you'll be able to visit those files and review, you know, what the content is, but I don't, I don't think there's any danger of it being destroyed in any case. I did. I went. I bumped into the recently retired Werner von Braun, which is I mentioned that in passing on some program in there. The only thing they kept of my interview was Greenfield met Werner von Braun. Yeah, well, that was like a two-minute meeting. Um, I mean, I saw him going through some files and wondering what he was doing in the, the flying saucer section, and I uh, introduced myself and refrained from saying, so how is the war criminal business? By the way, I'm Jewish. Jewish, Jewish. You Nazi. But I didn't say any of that. I just said, you know, you, you've been a, an inspiration to us all. 
And uh, I said, so what are you doing with the UFO stuff? And uh, he told me something that I'm not going to say again because that's not the center of attention. Point is, I ran across the uh, um, You're most talking of- about the Project Blue Book archives, which actually you can you can the Green uh, Greenwald, I think, Scott. A copy of all of those and there's a site you can go to that's got all of the uh, microfilm stuff called the blue book archives i did a whole bunch of uh research through that digging up information for uh the usi website so a lot of the stuff i have on my site is directly from blue book files that were once formerly top secret well um i don't think these were top secret because my clearance was i think secret i don't remember it's been a lot of years it was enough to get me into the all the files, which included files from Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book. Apparently, whatever they had on UFOs wound up in in that in that file. It was later moved, I understand, back to Wright Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which is where Blue Book was had been headquartered. Where it is now, or any time recently, I don't know. But I, you know, there was there was nothing remarkable except the notion that ufos were considered possibly a threat as a rumor not as an extraterrestrial invasion because the rumor could potentially mask a soviet invasion and even uh much as is being discussed now about uh, russian interference in u.s elections not that russia is is the Soviet Union anymore. It's an interesting conflation there. You mean it wasn't done by Ukraine? I am not saying that seriously, ladies and gentlemen. I do not want to get into political controversies either. We've got Gene Steinberg, Alan Greenfield, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. USA Radio News with Wendy King. U.S. officials that are now investigating the deadly attack by a Saudi aviation student at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida, are still trying to figure out if the attacker was motivated by terrorism. The gunman was an aviation student from Saudi Arabia. 
He opened fire in a classroom at the Naval Air Station on Friday, killing three people and injuring eight others, including two deputies. U.S. Attorney Larry Keefe. The vast resources of this country have been specifically designated and flown here from all parts and all places and are, are localizing and focusing on this investigation. There is no expense that will be spared. The amazing number of resources that are being allocated and flown here is astounding. And you, the family members and loved ones, should know that. The assault ended when a sheriff's deputy shot and killed the attacker. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power and Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. We all hear the stories in the news. The good guy uses a gun to protect his family from criminals, and he's the one arrested. The legal system is not fair, and responsibly armed Americans are political targets. So here's how you can take a simple and rewarding journey to complete self-defense confidence. Simply text GCN to 87222 to discover how the USCCA can give you the training, education, legal, and financial protection you need to truly protect the people you love. Don't risk everything and leave your family vulnerable. Now it's time to prepare and protect yourself. So if you're ready to take your next step as a responsibly armed American, you're ready to truly become your family's ultimate protector. Text GCN to 87222. Discover your life-saving USCCA member benefits today. Again, that's text GCN to 87222. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I want to just kind of drop this back in there. Have you followed the stuff that was written by James Carrion, that former MUFON director, Alan? No, I haven't followed MUFON since Walt left. Okay, no, this is something he did after he left that organization. He wrote two books, one called The Rosetta Deception, the other The Roswell Deception, talking about ghost rockets and Roswell, both being plots to spook the Russians. Oh, that's entirely possible. I think that at one time, before it became, you know, something that people just went totally insane over, the notion that there were alien bodies or something sinister at Area 51 was to conceal the fact that that is and was a test area for uh, state-of-the-art aircraft technology. It's not a place for 
human-alien uh, intercourse, as it were, shut everybody up, I guess. Well, I, I, I had done. I mean, what was the last thing you heard me say? The last word I used was intercourse, meaning, of course, discussion and uh, interaction between aliens and humans developing technological breakthroughs in exchange for whatever the aliens from Alpha Centauri 3C or whatever. Well, right. I mean, we have a lot. Okay, so virtually all of the contactees that I, I know about and I'm not really into the whole contactee thing or the abduction thing in a huge way, but I've never heard any of them say that the aliens don't come from another planet. You know, like it's the if you've got the Billy Meyer thing, it's some planet out be, out in the Pleiades system, uh, unless, of course, he's changed that over the years because they couldn't find anything out there that corresponded to it, or you've got the Venusians, or you've got a number of other ones that all of the high-profile ones come from some other world besides ours. So it's that's just part of what everybody thinks in terms of UFOs. That's that's how it got in. How that paradigm built was because of the way that the stories were all told by people who claimed to have direct contact with them. Well, other than Adamski, actually, the stories conform to the popular mythos not the other way around. In other words, if people had said, oh, they're all from China, people would be taking trips to China instead of these uh, planetary things. That's what my book, uh, C uh, The Complete Secret Cipher, The Euphonauts, decodes, which is that the ridiculous names that contactees, abductees give for the, quote, planets that they visit and, quote, the names of beings that they encounter. By the way, it's not all. Well, <laughs> well Adamski is a perfect example. I mean, like it, in 1955, his book Inside the Spaceships recounted his adventures with Venusians, Martians, and Saturnians who had come to Earth, you know, it took it out of concern over our self-destructive ways. So, Adamski sort of is not typical of anything. Adamski probably, in my opinion, wrote the story originally as a science fiction story in the 1940s, either submitted it or thought about submitting it to one of the many uh, pulp uh, science fiction magazines of the period, was not able to sell it as a fiction book. And then after the UFO craze started, he probably did some rewrites and pitched it and somehow or other got in cahoots with a more articulate person in the, in England, and uh, Desmond Leslie, and uh, whose father, by the way, was a distinguished uh, British politician and peer, actually. Um, yeah, uh, right, but then, of course, then he... Because of that, they started having these meetings at Giant Rock, and then out of that came George Van Tassel, who said that he was having psychic contact with extraterrestrial starships. So, you know, once again, we have the idea of the but this is sort of a bit beside the point. We know that this happened. We know it became a paradigm in terms of our thinking and, like you were saying, our beliefs. So when did the shift start to happen away from the idea that what we're dealing with are alien craft 
and something else? Are there some some real demarcating points in in your research where people are going, hey, wait a minute, like who was the first one? I mean, of course, there's Young, Carl Young, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Young thought that they were physically real, but he also thought that was sparking a an archetypal psychological phenomenon. If you read, uh, well, the, the English version is Flying Saucers, a myth of uh, things seen in the sky, and its original name in French, I, I guess, was uh, a modern myth. But the word myth in that type of circles, the, the Campbell, Young type circles, doesn't mean fraud or misunderstanding. Myth is, in a sense, more real than real, um, or what we call real. And uh, he, he specifies that uh, he thinks that uh, the radar cases are convincing enough that there is a physical phenomenon. However, the reaction to it is archetypal. And that's a more complex thing. So I, I suspect that's one of the least read of the books with the title Flying Saucers Anything in it. Right. Um, and I think, wasn't that, you guys can probably confirm this, but um, I think that came out somewhere sometime in the late 50s. Correct. Right. So we had, so it took about oh, 47, 50, so a decade or so before people started to really challenge this whole notion that what we're dealing with are craft of some kind, some sort of engineered device. Uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I'm trying to put that together. That's an interesting question. Um, my feeling is that it was Jacques Vallée writing Passport to Magonia. Here's a scientist freely admitting that he's stepping outside of orthodox science to explore the nature of UFOs without setting this automatic theory that, well, they're either misidentifications of the you know, temperature inversions or whatever you, you know, balloons, whatever, all of the, all of the above, or they're spaceships from another planet. And Passport to Magonia provides a really good foundation for that. When I met Valet, the first and only time in Chicago in 1965, he hadn't arrived at that point yet. He wrote, he was showing off the French version. In fact, he showed it to Jim Mosley and not to me and not to anybody else that was there. And Jim doesn't read French, didn't read French, but, uh, um, but stumbled his way through it. I, I forget the name of that book. It's not not much remembered now because it was a conventional UFOs are real and extraterrestrial book that he wrote with his uh, his wife is credited as co-author. Um, so Passport Magonia, that came out like uh, about 10 years later again. So after Young, then I think the late 60s. So then we're, we're talking about you know, another decade. So over 20 years, we start to see this shift away from nuts and bolts craft coming here from other worlds to the idea that they're more a subjective phenomena. No, I don't think subjective is the right term. I think that um, uh, what Valet is pointing out is that it's part of a much broader spectrum of 
things that have been seen through the centuries and experienced through the centuries, uh, as far back as you can go, really, from apparitions and religious experiences and fairy lore, which he leans on fairly heavily, all the way, all the way up to the present. At the present, we have this announcement. Alan, Jean, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Folks, it's a non-smoking flight for the next two hours and 17 minutes. But for those of you that need a cigarette desperately this evening, we have two entertainment lounges for you. One's out there on that left wing, the other one right across the hallway on the right wing. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking with just a little flight information. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. A couple little facts here, I'm packing a Colt King Cobra, that's a 357 caliber firearm with a black rubber grip and a 6 inch barrel. Also the co-pilot is carrying a Kimber Custom Defense pistol with all the bells and whistles you'd expect from a custom gun of that kind with an alloy frame and bevel treatment on the entire gun. And our chief flight attendant Roger has a Ruger Bearcat, a 20 with a hand-fluted cylinder. All three are capable of piercing body armor at a distance of up to 27 feet. And it can put a hole in human bone and flesh the size of the Grand Canyon, which, by the way, is coming up on the left-hand side of the plane. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the flight. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. 
What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. As we continue with Alan Greenfield, how the strange phenomena was interpreted. Go ahead. The point is that somewhere in the mid-1960s, is my guess, I, I haven't had any further contact with with Belay directly, he switched from the ETH to this is a much broader thing. It includes what are now called cryptids. It includes perhaps ghost lore. It certainly includes fairy lore, which he draws on very heavily, and UFOs, and a number of other things. I shifted during that same period, and I suspect Belay was a major influence. I don't remember exactly when it started, but I started bringing out a, a newsletter that uh, that was specifically devoted to the notion. I think it was called Alternate Horizons Newsletter, and the name kind of says it all. That was the name I remember. Yeah. Or as Mr. Well, Spock said, "Remember." Yes. Well, he's an alien from another planet. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. So that was back in the late '60s. So, how have you evolved your thinking? from that time to the present then? Well, once I began to look at it in those terms, and I, I was not the only one as it turns out, I began to look at the, this broader range of uh, phenomena and they seem to have points in common. Somewhere around the mid-1970s, uh, the first book about near-death experiences uh, was published, and uh, again, I went to a, a forum where the author spoke. Then there was a spate of books about that, and I thought, well, maybe not the classic contactee cases, but certainly the abduction cases seem to fit the same modus operandi as near-death experiences. And then that, that theory has been further developed because there are apparently what are called shared death experiences where people gathered around the deathbed of a loved one uh, co-experience it with them. Well, you can make of it what you want to, but the point is the similarity. Whatever is happening with abduction cases is also happening with people exiting this world in the traditional sense of exiting this world. 
So it was one area after another that seemed to fall into the same categories. Fairy lore includes abduction cases. It also, there are contacty cases that involve a descent into uh, a mountain uh, that uh, is, well, Gene was there, uh, Round Mountain, North Carolina is a classic case. Yes, um, I remember when we visited that with you. Yeah, well, I, actually, I was there with Jim Mosley and Tim Beckley at a later date as well. But, I mean, we, we, we talked to Ralph Lale. In fact, you interviewed him on tape, as I recall. I have a photo of that. If you I understand. Up. I'm asking you to hide it. Don't let it's anyone a- see that, that photo. That photo does not exist. It does not exist. Otherwise, if you try to display it, a hand will reach out from your computer's display and go right to your neck. Okay. <laughs> You've convinced me I've never used it. But mentioning it, it Lael's story, and Lael, I, I think he'll back me up on this if you remember, he was a backwoods guy, not, not prone to read European uh, uh, mythology, let alone Wagnerian opera. His story is a lot like the Venusberg story. The difference being is that when he is taken into Brown Mountain, he is whisked away to Venus, the planet Venus, uh, or the comet Venus, according to Velikovsky. And uh, the Venusberg is the home of the, of the fairies, according to European lore, going back at least to the early Middle Ages. And uh, many uh, uh, troubadours and mind singers uh, embroidered the story of Tannhauser's descent into the fairy hill and meeting the goddess Venus. That just all seems to me to be more than a coincidence. And the fact that Lael was a good old boy from the country kind of reinforces that because the notion that he had any knowledge of, of the kind of folklore that came out of mind singers and uh, troubadours is uh, almost preposterous. He was not all that smart. He was rumored to be a moonshiner. And he was a yarn spinner. But within the yarn was the same yarn that Tannhauser told in the 12th century. So that is a good example of how things that are disparate and looked at by disparate people are seen to be coinciding. So the further along that I got in time, the more I was convinced that this was a, a, a spectrum of phenomena. I do put a lot of credence in the uh, many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics. I don't think it's a sure thing, and I don't think anybody who even postulates it is a sure thing. But as I said, either at the beginning of the show or before we went on the air, the math works. And if that does turn out to be the case, that's a much better explanation of where people go and where these things come from than E.T. phoning home. Or we have two separate sets of phenomena where there are alien craft, and then people are still having these other experiences, and the two of them aren't necessarily related in the way that people think they are. 
possible. I, I see so many cases that if I don't evaluate them as uh, insignificant in that they are probably misidentified natural phenomena, aircraft, uh, balloons, uh, meteors, whatever, the cases that are what type two, type three, four cases, all are suggestive of that spectrum of reports. They resemble ghost cases, especially those from the um, uh, Society for Psychical Research, which I used to be an elected member of. And somehow they seem to have, I wouldn't say abandoned, but put on the back burner ghost cases. But back in the day, they did excellent work on that in contrast to the uh, television uh, ghost hunters, with the exception of the Hellier group. Um, my feeling is that, that if the cases are sufficient to have any kind of real information about what the witness or witnesses experienced, it falls into the same category as this whole range of phenomena. The other issue here is resistance. Almost everybody who, and this, there are exceptions to this, but almost everybody who is, I don't know what you would call them, an apparition seeker or a ghost hunter, it just, the term ghost hunter has gotten a bad rip because of people with plumbers with, uh, with devices to measure temperatures and, me and mediums that... Uh, right, and REM pods and... and Oh, yeah. that's yeah. You know, I mean, like, who really needs all of that? That's one of that's been a fairly big criticism of the whole thing. But I mean, I guess you could just call let's just say paranormal investigators catch all term for, you know, anything that's kind of weird going on out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and I think the pop media stuff. It just steers people wrong. It's it's for commercial purposes. And as I said earlier, it's basically acting. Uh, in my uh, inf informed, not necessarily correct, but informed uh, uh, opinion. And uh, uh, that's why I'm so excited about the, uh, the Hellier thing, because it does really show what real field research is like. In I was just going through, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but I was just going through, uh, a, just kind of scanning on the side here on one of my monitors, and I'm noticing uh, it. It says here that in the 70s, while you were out at Brown Mountain, you were approached by a man in black in your motel room? That is a truly bizarre story. You've got to tell us that story. But you'll okay. have to, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to tell that story in our next segment. Confronted by a man in black. Not Johnny Cash, by the way. Gene, Randall and Alan, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Reason I say Johnny Cash, he was alive then. Alan, you had an encounter with a man in black? Well, in the colloquial sense of man in black, here's the, here's the story. And I don't believe it was on the trip that you and I and Geneva took. I think it was when I was there with uh, Tim and uh, Jim Mosley. We did a series of interviews. We interviewed Lael again, and then we interviewed uh, a, a, another guy who had had close encounters with whatever the Brown Mountain Lights are and thought that they were intelligent beings or things, but had not had the kind of contact experience that Lael had or claimed or whatever. And we went, it was Christmas Eve, 1960, oh, when was Apollo 8, the one that circled the moon but didn't land? Come on, Randall, you got to know this. You're the nuts and bolts junkie. No, I don't have an eidetic memory. I'm not really great at trivia. So I remember I, watching the Apollo. December 31st, 1968, I believe, but the year may be wrong. In any case, it was during that roughly that period, late 60s. So that evening, while they were circling the moon on a cold and snowy and ice-filled night on a narrow road, we ascended to the highest point, not the official point to view the uh, Brown Mountain Lights, but uh, a point far above that. 
fearlessly Jim and Tim and me and Jim's at that time little daughter who I thought this is a hell of a way for a kid to spend Christmas Eve and we were able to see the lights and what they mean or what they are I can't tell you it was less impressive than a lot of things the thing that's impressive about the Brown Mountain Lights is you can go anytime, especially to this upper viewing spot, which is on one of the oldest mountains in America, just short of Grandfather Mountain, which you can see from there, which apparently is the oldest mountain in the Americas. And considering that the Appalachian chain is the older chain of mountains here, that makes it quite antique. Even though the world has only existed for 6,000 years, it says so in the actually doesn't say anything about that in the Bible. Yeah, right. Just to confirm here, yeah, Apollo 8 here, uh, 1968, uh, launched in December 21st, 1968. Okay. So after we sat there for a couple of hours in the freezing cold, Jim guides the, the car down this narrow thing. On one side is a precipice, and on the other side, I don't know, because I was sitting on that side of the car, and the road was icy, and I thought, this is a hell of a way to die. I'm too young to die. I'm too young to die. But funny, I say that even now. So I thought, well, it will be for truth. Nevertheless, we made it down the mountain, and we went into Tim Beckley's room, and I will never forget this. The TV was on, and Beckley got preoccupied with a phone call to his mother explaining how the warm states had cold months. And uh, on the TV, I see the Earth coming around the horizon, and the astronauts are reading from the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth, and the Earth was unformed. And I thought, oh God, they're marooned in space, and they're praying. It turned out that that was just the, like I said, the military always has in mind its PR program. And that was, uh, I mean, they may have been perfectly sincere, the astronauts themselves, but uh, I'm sure that was pre-programmed that they would, on Christmas Eve, do something, and they did Genesis 1 rather well, actually. But it turned out there was no crisis. They, they made it back just fine. And uh, at some point there, I went to my room and went to sleep. I was awakened the next day, and this is the part that is most of interest to me is that, and I'm going to say this in advance of anything that was said, it never occurred to me during the course of this to get this gentleman who was at the door's name or how he knew where my room was or how he knew I was even in town. It just didn't occur to me as if my mind had been manipulated. I open the door and there is a well-dressed gentleman in a dark outfit. I mean, I would not call him the classical man in black. He sort of introduced himself, but didn't explain how he knew I was there, nor did I ask him, although that should have been before I even let him in the door, I should say, should have said, how did you know that I'm here? And how do you know my name? And what is, you know, so I let him come in. And we sat down at the little table in the motel room, 
And he proceeds to tell me a story dumping on Ralph Lale. He's saying, oh, well, you know, I, I don't mean to... No, he didn't have an accent, actually. He had no accent at all, just, you know, mid-American standard. I'm not done. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you guys are sitting at the table. He just shows up at your door unexpectedly, comes in, and then starts to to explain what again? The Ralph Lale case is an interesting case. He was there, apparently, to tell me Ralph Lale is an unreliable, dangerous person who is a moonshiner. You know what a moonshiner <laughs> is? And, okay. uh, and therefore, his story isn't true, which is not necessarily, you know, <laughs> one doesn't follow from the other. But the weirdest part of it, I mean, you could say, well, this was a man in black giving me disinformation on a good case. Or you could say, forget about that. How the hell does this person know that I am in town, that I've interviewed Ralph Lale, who lived halfway up the mountain and was a relatively obscure person, that I was staying at this motel, that I was in this room and that my name was alan greenfield which very interesting yes that that would be a little bit unnerving for me if something like that were to happen and and i mean it's not like you were at home or something where people okay we know where you live and we can go there you can be looked up you got a phone i mean they had to be literally keeping tabs on you somehow whoever they are exactly and the weirder part of it for me, and this may just be for me, but you tell me whether it's weirder. I didn't ask him anything. I didn't say, who are you and what occasion you are coming here? And how do you know that I'm here? And how do you know who I am? And how do you know who I've interviewed? I asked no questions. I was just polite, Southern polite, listened, must have said a few inconsequential things. Did not disagree with him, but, you know, in my head, I'm going, yeah, well, this doesn't sound <laughs> I don't give a damn if he's a moonshiner. That's uh, right. every third person and their cousin in the mountains is likely at one point or another uh, over a certain age to have at one time or another been making illegal hooch. So, so what? I never asked him anything of substance, and yet... I, I had I was at that time uh, eight years in ufology. Right, you'd think you would know. I mean, that is that is sort of typical of the MIB experience, though, isn't it? Where it or even a UFO experience. I've heard, we've heard. I had my camera with me, but I was so enthralled by what I was seeing, or that that I just didn't think to take the picture. I wasn't enthralled. I was. Or put the into another other, state or something. The Who only knows? other time in my life that I've had something like that happen was a former, now deceased, high-end Scientology person. Well, that's certainly going to open up some discussions for another time. All right. We got a break here. We got more to come with Gene Randall and Alan. You're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called Instantly ageless. Yeah. Instantly, you could see a difference. Even the cameraman were like, wow, look at the difference. Yeah. I mean, but I would definitely use this product. This product, within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Try instantly ageless today at GCNlife.com. That's GCNlife.com. 30 day money back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNlife.com. That's GCNlife.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay.
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, as I said, with Alan Greenfield, you can kind of sort of be a fly in the wall. Never know. You know, I have to fish out the interview I did with Ralph Lale. That goes back to the late 60s. It does. I don't remember anything that you asked him, but I I wouldn't, because when somebody's recording the experience, I sort of don't take notes. If I'm recording it especially, I don't take notes, but I just, you know, I assume that it would appear in your magazine of the time. I think it was early 70s, wasn't it? I mean, Caveat Emptor was already... This happened last time with Gene, too. And you and I got talking about stuff, and then Gene came back on. Let me go into investigator mode. Um, does this happen with other guests? This is this. Uh, we did have one, uh, Bryce Zabel, who we couldn't get all three of us connected. We could get any two of us connected, but we couldn't get all three of us connected. And last time you were on the show, this same thing happened with Gene. He seemed to drift off, and then he just came right back. And And I'm not really sure what's going on there, but... Well, old people do drift off at times, but I think you mean something else. Uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, the, the problem you mentioned, obviously that was an isolated uh, uh, quirk. But two times with me, a year or more apart, that's interesting. Okay, let's just hang hang on a second here, Alan, while I try to get in touch with Gene on the text side of things here. I'll hang on more than a second. And, And then we've got some questions in our question bank, too, that we've got to ask you. Okay. It's aliens, I'm sure. I am not an alien. There is nothing wrong with your television set. We are controlling transmission. Gene, did you catch all of that that we were just talking about there? Pretty much, yes. I know we're we're having some weird problems that listeners will not hear. Alan asked you a question and you just weren't, you were just gone. I think while we had the connection problems, Alan was asking when I started and ran Caviedem Tour. I believe we started that around 1971 or so, yeah. went on to 1975, and then it was resurrected in the late 1980s for another few issues. Well, there's a, um, I, this had to be early 70s then uh, that we were there because I have, uh, in those days, they stamped things at the photo developing place, and I have a picture of you in Geneva that I took that uh, is stamped, and I believe it's, I mean, I'd have to find it, dig it up. It's, I did scan it some time ago, and that's circa 1971, although I wouldn't swear by it. 
Consider yourself lucky. I do not cast a reflection. That's why there are so few pictures of me online. In fact, some of the ones I've seen are photoshopped. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know what to say to that, Gene. That's very Gene Steinberg. You see, I finally, ladies and gentlemen, I finally got Alan Greenfield to stop. I made him, (laughs) I made him silent. I've been trying to do this for 55 years. 57, but who's counting? Well, it feels like 57 years. You know, there's an echo effect here. We could say we did this interview in a cavern. Was that the only time that you had any interaction with a mysterious figure like an MIB or uh, something like that? I I know when you mentioned Tim, I'm I'm assuming you're talking about Tim Beckley, of course, and he's written a, a book on a couple of books, I think, on MIB. Well, he's, he saw a man in black, he and Jim Mosley, outside of uh, apparently Jack and Mary Robinson, who were key players in the New York, uh, New Jersey uh, ufology scene. I um, have seen that photo, folks, but I'm just not impressed. Well, you don't have to be impressed. The impression isn't the photo. The impression is that they, this guy was shadowing uh, uh, Jack and Mary un- until Jim and, and Jim went around the block and the guy saw that they were circling the block and taking a picture of him, and he was gone after having been there for days on end. So, you know, make of it what you will. It's not like a major case, but it is also an authentic photo. I mean, I, I, I don't think that it... Uh, Jim was certainly not adverse to doing spooky things that were uh, uh, trickster things, but I don't think this was a trickster episode. I think it was Jack and Mary who reported it first, and they just, you know, came to see if there really was something going on there. And like I said, the guy disappeared after that. I had one other experience to answer the question um, that was... I've heard various things about it, that um, in, uh, at the 1968 National UFO Conference, which I guess was around the June 24th weekend, and right in the heart of the Mothman area, it was in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, a dry town at the time. All during the convention, there was this guy dressed in black with shades, you know, your classical thing, but very, very young, I would say, 20-ish, 21-ish, just a guess. I'm not real good at age guessing. And, you know, he did have shades on and blah, 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 and a hat as well, of course. There are no men in black that don't have a hat. They're all hat men, um, which is a lot more noticeable during that period than than it would have been earlier. Um, And uh, I think the last day of the convention, he followed us to a restaurant. We had about 12, 10 or 12 uh, ufologists who had been at the convention sitting around a table in this restaurant right across the street from the, um, from the hotel where the convention was being held. And the man in black showed up and just stood behind us. So I decided, well, what the hell? So I jumped out of my chair, knocking the chair over and breaking it, by the way, 
and ran up to this guy who made a hasty retreat out the door of the that we came in the uh, the entrance to the restaurant um, and I got in front of him. I had a camera in my hand because I was in those oh. days. I was taking pictures of. Uh, I did candid pictures of the convention, black and white pictures, so they were high ASA. I mean, not to get too technical, but they were. Um, I didn't want to flash, so I had ASA 400 film, I think, Tri-X, I think it was called back in the day. I used my, to use that myself. I remember that. I even developed photos, black and white photos. But remember, that's a totally different world. This is a world where each picture cost money because you had to buy the film. You had to develop the film if you didn't do it yourself, like I did in my bedroom when I was young, freaking out my parents because of the odor from some of the chemicals. But you see what it did to me, folks. Don't answer yeah, that. You inhaled it. Okay, so well, you got, I didn't you smoke got and camera. inhale. We got a break. More to come with Gene, Randall, and Alan. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A Houston police officer shot and killed in the line of duty overnight. Police Chief Art Acevedo says Sergeant Chris Brewster was shot responding to a call from a woman claiming her boyfriend was assaulting her. The chief says as he lay mortally wounded, Brewster used his radio to detail the suspect's description. Uh, thanks to his efforts and uh, all of the units that responded, we were able to capture the suspect at a school. He was armed with a semi-automatic pistol. We are looking for a second pistol. The suspect ran off but was eventually arrested. Sergeant Brewster died at the hospital. North Korea saying Sunday it's carried out a very important test at its long-range rocket launch site. The announcement coming amid dimming prospects for a resumption of nuclear talks with the North warning it could seek a new way ahead if it fails to get major U.S. concessions by year's end. This is USA Radio News. Money! 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 Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call LendingTree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business, so you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. 
Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call Lending Tree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315 That's 800-634-1315 NMLS number 1136 Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. We're not going to get into the smoke and inhale thing. But the fixer, the hypo, as they called it, that had a distinctive odor. But getting back to, we gotta, we've got to conclude on this story because we've got a couple of questions in our question bank we've got to get to. I mean, we can't just leave it where you actually, okay, so you knock some things over, you chase this guy down, you get in front of him, you've got a camera. And he freezes at that point where I'm standing in front of him with the camera. So I took a picture of him and the picture has appeared in various places. In fact, if you go to Men in Black Images on Google, you'll probably find that picture. That's really interesting because I mean, that means there was a bunch more witnesses just besides you who saw the guy too. You think I would tell that story? If there weren't a lot of witnesses? (laughs) That's that's actually pretty amazing. That's, That's a really good one. Everybody that was a name in ufology during that period attended that convention because it was right after the Mothman scare, whatever. And uh, while it was still going on, I guess, to some extent, and it's still going on today. But I mean, this was, you know, during the immediate aftermath. Um, There's one other aspect, and then I'll shut up and listen to questions. But uh, it was a Sunday in Charleston, West Virginia in 1968. So consider, we were downtown, and as my father used to say about downtown Augusta, Georgia, you could have fired a cannonball and not hit anybody. No cars, no people, just me and the man in black and our group in the restaurant and maybe one or two other people that were in the restaurant and the employees. He Then, after I took the photo, like he was posing for, he went around the corner. This was on a corner. And I went around to see if I could take another picture, maybe chase him down, whatever. He was gone. It's a long block with a clear view. 
and he was out of my field of vision for at most five seconds, probably not that long. It isn't as if I was looking at my watch. And he was gone. And I looked, interesting. I looked at for doors that he could have gone in and things. It was uh, the street where I took his picture was a commercial street with lots of businesses. The street that he disappeared on looked like warehouses and there were no doors that he could have possibly reached as far as I could see. So I don't know what to make of it. I, I heard later while well, he was a kid that Gray Barker hired as a hoax. But I also heard later that Barry Heyer, who was a, uh, a reporter for the Athens, Ohio Messenger at the time, and a key reporter on the uh, Men in Black cases and the Mothman case and the UFO cases that were going on in that period, uh, reported an identical person in her office doing mysterious stuff. I don't even remember what, but, you know, that, that struck her attention. So I don't know what to make of it. I mean, Gray was capable of almost anything. In fact, if you took all the Gray and Jim stuff out of uh, John Keel's book, it would probably be a much shorter book. About 13 uh, pages, I understand. <laughs> a seven is more likely. But yeah, maybe 13 if you pad it. And he was good at that. But uh, Gray's book is infinitely closer to the truth, I think, than Keel's. Well, the uh, Silver Bridge. Randall, we have a question or two from the forum. Right. Yeah, like hopefully we can we can uh, get you to come back on after the Paracast and pick up on some more of this, because as usual, when we get you on the show, we're just passing the time so quickly here. And there's so much we could get into, but we do have a question here from one of our forum participants. Farla Goldstein asks, would T. Allen Greenfield explain whether or not he thinks the Damascus Road experience of Saul of Tarsus in Acts 9.3-6 was a UFO-like experience resulting from the collective unconscious or... Did the Jesus Christ of Gnostic tradition actually appear to Saul? Your evaluation, please. Uh, a, I am not and never have been a Christian. B, yes, and C, yes. Okay, then let's go on to question number two. Do UFO phenomena have an independent existence once they appear, say, like a tulpa, or do UFOs appear and disappear entirely by the will of the collective unconscious, in your opinion? Uh, somewhere in between, but I'm, uh, I don't feel advanced enough at this point to say definitively. I do know that certain types of phenomena uh, notably, um, the not related to the West Virginia cases, uh, the um, South Jersey case, the Cape May case of uh, the man in black called Tiny, and among many other cases, but this one is real well documented by John Keel. Um, clearly, the thing that was interviewing these people was reaching a point where it was about to discorporate and hastily made a retreat and like my experience when the people went to the door to see what car he got into he was vanished 
I think they, that there are beings that seem to be real. I don't think they're from the collective unconscious. I think they're from otherwhere. And they do vanish. They certainly can interact with material things for a while, but black-eyed kids, hat-man, men in black, any of those, I think, uh, can be physically manifesting temporarily. But if you could put them in a box and observe them, they would eventually, depending on their time cycle, they would vanish. Now, whether they vanish to some other realm of being or whether they're simply projections of something. Well, that's a really good point. We'll, we'll come back to that because we touched on that in the last show a little bit as well uh, with uh, Red Pill Junkie Miguel Romero from Mexico. Uh, yeah, you should check, check out some of his stuff. He's a good writer. I think you two have some similar ideas. But question three here from Farlig is from your Gnostic theological framework, what convinces you, if you are convinced of this at all, uh, that UFOs are not direct manifestations of the demi-urge who intends to mislead human beings instead of signals from the collective and conscious? Um, I'm not convinced that that is the case, but I'm not convinced that the, the Demiurgos is uh, a reality just because classical Gnosticism said that it was doesn't uh, necessarily, I'm non-dogmatic about, I mean, Gnosticism is a an egregoric thing for me, not a religious thing. So it's it's not fundamentalist. I have been all my life uh, an adherent of Reform Judaism, which doesn't state much of anything as definitively true, just provisionally true. Interesting. And fourthly, this would be the last question on the list here, and it uh, it is a four-liner, so it's. I'll go through it just as it's on our forum here. Would you be able to explain what the collective unconscious consists of? And there are there are some subparts here. So is it a kind of field that humans generate? If it is a field, did it exist prior to the existence of humanity? Does a collective unconscious field exist whether or not humans exist? Do dead humans influence the collective unconscious? Or what is your view on this, the whole idea of what the collective unconscious is and where it comes from? It's a, it's a question that I suspect we don't have enough time to go into, but I will give my view. I don't think that the mind and the brain are identical. I think that we are entangled with the rest of reality. We are entangled with these announcements. Alan, Jean, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites 
on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
as opposed to quantum entanglements? Alan Greenfield. No, not opposed. Same thing. But the point is there are quantum processes in the brain as everywhere else. And my feeling is that the brain is more like a radio receiver, can be tuned in various ways, than it is the source. And investigating the brain is the equivalent of looking at the radio rather than the announcer who is at the radio station. So uh, it sort of misses the boat. That is my feeling, but to defend that in any kind of detail, that's a long, long argument. But suffice to say, I think the collective unconscious, the Akashic records, so-called, etc., are an indication of the external source of our consciousness. Some things and some circumstances cause a closer connection to that external reality than uh, the reason that we identify with the, the brain as the source of consciousness is because our senses are tuned to the brain. Brain is a, um, a sensory uh, input place thing. It's a sensory processor. For sure, yes. and it's it's got input and output. It's not just a receiver; it's also a transmitter. Well, yeah, but it, what it's receiving and transmitting it depends on those five senses most of the time. Maybe things like sigh, telepathy, and uh, precognition, even retrocognition, are perhaps an additional sense or more. But they're obviously not something that is readily accessible to all of us all the time, and to some of us never. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a complex question that doesn't have an easy uh, or quick answer. This suffice to say, the, the archetypal consciousness is an indication to me that we're not just what's bound up in our heads. We are connected to vastly greater things than that. That's my answer to the question about the road to Damascus experience. Gene, we missed one up here by W.W. Kirk. Uh, we better make sure we get that in. He's one of our regular forum participants who asks, please ask Alan where he believes P.B. Randolph obtained his knowledge of sex magic. Also, does he believe Randolph's contribution to esotericism will ever be widely acknowledged? I'll answer the second part first. I believe that Randolph's relative obscurity in occult circles is due to racism, period. He was a black man in the 19th century talking about sexual magic. And up until very recently, thanks in part to Jocelyn Godwin et al., and perhaps me, he has received some recognition. But the fact is that the uh, legacy of racial bias has kept him from being recognized as one of the foremost people expounding uh, the forbidden world in the 19th century, especially of sexual magic. Uh, where he learned it, I suspect he learned it from the um, Ansari people of Lebanon and Syria, if any of them are left that aren't enthralled by the government there a political announcement, but that's where he says he learned it, and I have no reason to suspect that that is other than the truth. He may have learned some of it in Egypt, which was at that time under British influence, but I, I don't know that for a fact. He traveled extensively in Europe, 
influencing a lot of European occultists after having traveled in the Middle East, which is a classical process whereby these things happen. But he was an American, and when he came back to America, the last 20 or so years of his life was spent talking about what very few others dared talk about at that period. And those who took credit for that in later generations mostly ignored him, notably Aleister Crowley, who may or may not have known about him directly, but if he did, his racialist attitudes would have certainly kept him from crediting Randolph, considering some of the things he's been quoted as saying about uh, Krishnamurti, who um, I, I wouldn't even repeat those things on the air. Well, I'm sure that uh, W.W. Kirk will appreciate that answer because I am not familiar at all with any of this. Hopefully, when uh, we have you back again in the future, maybe we can get into more of this esotericism. Than maybe. Well, I have to do your show. It is called the Paracast, and that's mm-hmm. paranormal, and there's nothing more paranormal than the occult. But then again, of course, just before we go, and, you know, I, I have to to turn this all around to some degree and say, well, okay, there's a lot of mysticism. There's a lot of these parallels to mythology. That's all super interesting from a cultural perspective. But at the same time, maybe they were right in the first place. Maybe what we're dealing with actually are craft from another star system. And they're just making us see all this stuff in order to study our behavior or something. Like when you were talking about this, okay, the disappearing MIB, well, we have UFOs that seem to be able to disappear. Well, now we have something like active camouflage where we can blend into the background so that we're not seen. This can all be explained technologically. We don't have to invoke spirituality or the supernatural. So maybe that's what it is too. I mean, how, how do we know for sure well, one way or the other? Have I claimed that I know for sure, or have I just said that I, at this point, and everything with me is provisional? I have oh, no of course. beliefs whatsoever. I have only provisional allegiance or thought about where the, the evidence has taken me. But as Jean Duplantier said many, many years ago, when the ETH was the only theory around, It's like a long walk down an endless tube. And my suggestion is, if it's an endless tube, maybe you should go at right angles to reality and look in other directions. You might find it more rewarding. If you shut that out, you certainly will be stuck with a theory that is very, very hard to prove. I mean, if there are other dimensions, other universes, other realities, it is possible that the formidable distances involved in interstellar travel could be somehow bypassed so that you could indeed travel intergalactically in a matter of no time at all. But that's sort of gilding the lily on that. With, with all due respect, I think that you feel safer and more comfortable with the nuts and bolts theory. I don't think it's original, and I don't think that it's based on merit. I think it's based on a different belief system. That belief system has a lot to do with where you're coming from. We got to wrap it here. Alan, we could go on for three more hours. 
We certainly could. And then do the second part of the interview. Alan Greenfield, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Yeah, so I have two publishers, Blue Star Press, which has my most recent book, God Never Does the Same Thing Twice, which is not particularly about God or how many times you do things. It's a book about messiahs and madmen. And the complete secret cipher of the Euphonauts from Paranoia Press. And these books are available from the, from the uh, usual outlets, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in the case of Paranoia Press, uh, online. Thank you, Alan. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, we have a pair of places to visit on Facebook, a community and a group, and I will not separate that. And we also have the Paracast Plus. Mentioned briefly before, go to theparacast.plus to learn more. It's a premium subscription service. We offer a version of this show free of the network ads. That's the first thing. Enhanced audio is the second thing. And after the Paracast, you never know what to expect next. We have interviews, commentaries. William Puckett, our special correspondent, gives us a UFO sighting update. So that's fascinating stuff every week. The show is after the Paracast. You can only get it. You can only get it if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Again, visit theparacast.plus. Prices start at just a buck and a half a week. How can you beat that? Alan Greenfield, my old friend, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure. Very interesting discussion. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.